This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as past teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. Thank you so much, Pastor Matt, and thank you, Church, for your generosity uh, and your commitment to staying in the trenches, in the fight, engaged with community. We love you so, so much. This is the last Sunday of January. I think I'm right saying that, last Sunday of January. Today is the 93rd day of January, if you're wondering what date it is on the calendar. The longest month in the, of the year. Feels like it's the 93rd day, so welcome. Welcome to uh, church today. We're so glad you're with us, and uh, we pray that you feel blessed today. We pray that you feel connected today. Uh, I just realized we have like two different congregations on this live stream. We have the Facebook crew, you know who you are, and we have the YouTube crew, and it's almost like uh, two different campuses, and some of you need to like Go check out the other campus some Sunday. Some of you YouTubers, man, you're just so faithful. YouTube, you need to jump over on Facebook. It's a whole new world over there. Whole new faces, whole new names. And then some of you Facebook, come on, you got to jump over on YouTube. You'll meet somebody. Uh, There could be some people, singles, meeting their mates on the other channel. I don't even know. There could be some blessings. There could, I'm just telling you, you could mingle and sing. I'm just telling you, Valentine's is coming up. Maybe your love is uh, on the other campus. I don't even know, but uh, we're just so thankful you're joining in wherever you're joining in at, and uh, we pray you have an amazing Sunday. We are in a series of how to pray, Uh, how to pray just to make it today. Anybody remember that MC Hammer song? I automatically look at Alex like he knows. Uh, Remember that song, how to pray just to make it today? And it's too legit to quit. Uh, But uh, we're, how? Focus, Mike. It's Sunday morning. It's focus. Got my morning voice, my radio voice, and it is also time to focus. How to pray. Uh, we've been going through this prayer series, and practically, practically, um, we are focusing so much on formation. This is not really a time where there's a lot of momentum or motivation from events and gathering, but we even talked as pastors and as staff and even as leadership going, what a great time to even lean in on formation. Church, um, this will be the year you want it to be. This will be the year you want it to be. And uh, your choices today determine your life tomorrow. And I, as for me and my house and as for you, I believe if we form ourselves, if we go after formation as disciples following Jesus and what he's taught us, uh, we will have the year that he's promised us. And that's one of health, uh, one of closeness to him, um, one where we can feel his presence and we can grow our spirits. Can someone type amen in the chat? How to pray. How to pray. The last couple of weeks we've been going over, breaking down this word, pray. And really simple, just trying to make it simple when we learn how to pray. The acronym PRAY. We started with week one, pause. Pause. Uh, there's something about being fully there. That prayer is more relational than it is transactional. And we've said it before, and it's a battle of my life and probably yours, to wherever you are, be fully there, fully engaged. Uh, not to be distracted by technology or thoughts or stresses or, or, or entertainment, to be fully present. When we pray, we pause to make sure we're not just going through a list, going through a formula, but we actually put our mind, our hearts, our energy focused on that moment, on the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. And then last week we talked about rejoicing, the R in the word prayer, rejoicing. Praise and thanksgiving. Uh, is an entrance to the presence of God. How do we do that? We hallow his name. We honor his name. We reverent his name. And sometimes we are guilty of unhallowing 
the name of Jesus, where we mistake his kindness for weakness. We know the friend of Jesus. We know the, the fatherhood of God, but we don't know the power of God. When we pause and rejoice and celebrate and thank God for his power, for what he's done, what he's going to do, for who he is and what he's capable of, something starts to happen. Faith starts to build when we rejoice. Let me ask this question. We started this series with this question that we wanted you to answer privately. You don't need to put it into the chat, just privately. How would you rate your prayer life? How would you rate your prayer life from one to 10? One being you don't have a prayer life. You, you don't, it doesn't exist to 10 being I feel connected. I feel like God hears me. I feel like uh, I hear him. Give yourself a number. Let me ask you, has it increased over these last couple of weeks? I would encourage you that if you've leaned in these last few weeks and have practiced pausing, practiced hallowing, rejoicing, I would encourage you, if you found your place in your space in your time, that you should be moving up that, not that we're competing, but we're trying to grow in this, grow in our communication, our focus. This week, our title as we work through this acronym and we're learning how to pray is ASK, ASK. We're at that point in the Lord's Prayer as our template. Jesus taught us how to pray in Matthew 6 of asking. Let me read Matthew 6, 9, uh, sorry, verses 10 and 11 of the Lord's Prayer. It says this, your kingdom come. Jesus said, when you pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. I don't know if that's pumpernickel bread. I don't know if that's whole wheat bread. Come on, I like me some white bread with some peanut butter. I don't even know what kind of bread that is. But it is speaking about provision. He says, when you pray, he goes into verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Let me pray for you today. Father, we thank you for this service. We thank you on this wintry day in January here in Halifax. Uh, Father, that we would feel your presence. I thank you for this church. I thank you for those that are faithful in their discipleship, that they want to know you and know you more. I'm thankful for those that have committed, saying this is our community and we're going to grow it and we're going to fight for it and we're going to enjoy it and we're going to be a part of it. And Father, again today, we just ask for your presence to make yourself through cameras and live streams. We pray today that we would be engaged fully here for what you want to teach us, knowing that what happens now will launch us into these next week. And God, there's going to be demands on our relationship with you this week where people are going to need to know a church that knows you. They're going to need people that have access to you. And God, may we be people that we just don't have a form of church, but we actually know you. God, would you make yourself real? Would you make yourself powerful today? We need your presence. God, would you show up in a big way in our lives? And would we show up in a big way for you? And Father, I thank you for that. And Lord, also, I add on, if you could make spring come sooner this year, help that groundhog, help that jet stream, whatever you got to do. Lord, just help a brother out. We would appreciate it. And everybody said, amen. Amen. The Lord's Prayer has been our template, how to pray. The Lord's Prayer invites us to ask God for everything from daily bread to his kingdom coming. Asking. The first two weeks we talked about anything but asking. We talked about it's not just a transactional, uh, prayer is not a debit card or a credit card depending on your budget and how you live. It's not just a place where you just go, okay, time to pray, I need what I need to get. We talked about worshiping God, pausing, reverence, reflecting. 
but prayer is asking of God. And the Lord's Prayer teaches us it's everything from asking for provision of what you need today to actually asking for the kingdom of God to come near. Today, I want to just instruct us, help us, teach us, encourage us as we're growing. That's our motive today. It's not to check a box going, went to church. I said hi in the chat. We're actually leaning in to grow and pray. What would it profit us to grow a church but diminish our spiritual walk? What would it profit us to show up to a live stream but actually not know Jesus? What would it profit us to actually be known amongst ourselves as church members but have no relationship with God? And we want to grow in prayer. Two types of asking in prayer. I want to break these down today and help us. One is called petition, and that's when we ask for ourselves. When you petition God, you're asking for yourself what you need. And if you were to be honest in your prayer, I would say no matter what your livelihood, no matter what your job is, no matter what your income, no matter what your level of standard of living is, there is a lot of needs. Some of us is physical, maybe it's emotional, maybe it's financial. I don't know what it is for you, but there's a lot where we need God to step in where a doctor can't fix it. Maybe a counselor can't fully help us with it. Maybe a banker can't do it. Maybe your best friend can't solve this. There are only things that only God can help us with. And asking, petition prayer, is when we ask for ourselves. Uh, then there's times of prayer, and even in the Lord's Prayer, where we ask for others. We pray for others, and that's called intercession. Now, if you've been around church for any amount of time, you've heard the word intercession. And for me, I don't know about you, but it has this spiritual, really, like, those are the professional prayers. Like, <laughs> these people know how to pray. Uh, they usually have banners in their house they walk around with. Um, they have rain sticks ready to use. Like, they're just, they're, they're plugged in, man. They just go for it. They got prayer lists. And they're just, they're just the serious. Growing up, man, it seemed like there was always this, like, this, this woman in her 40s, man, she was the prayer warrior. She was the intercessor. And, and I just remember thinking, that's some serious stuff, intercessor. But it's, it's not as complicated as that. There's petition, we pray for ourselves. But whenever you pray for someone else, it's called intercession. Petition. Let me break down petition. It's asking for ourselves. And Jesus told us to ask for what we need. Prayer, we don't want to be, avoid what we need to ask for. We need to ask for what we need. Philippians 4 verse 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. I love that. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Why is it sometimes I, I worry about everything and I don't pray about anything? Why do I get that mixed up sometimes? Inventing. Why do I want to vent? Why do people want to vent so much? I think, I think the more of urge I have to vent is probably, the more I want to vent, probably the least amount I've prayed. The less I pray, the more I want to vent. But I've also realized the more I pray, the less I want to vent. Philippians says, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. When you ask God in prayer, I've realized this, that what happens is it increases thankfulness and humility. I've been going through this book, and this really is the foundation of this series, an amazing book. We're actually giving away uh, two of these books today, one in Facebook chat and one in YouTube. And every week, people get these delivered to their door. Uh, so many of you have already received these. We just pick someone for saying hi, saying amen, being engaged somewhere in the chat. And we'll just take your name down and let you know, and this will show up at your door. It's an amazing book. But as I'm reading this, I realize it's true that when we ask God for things in prayer, you know what increases? Thankfulness and humility. 
when you ask for things in prayer, your thankfulness increases and our humility. If we've ever needed something in the church, it's thankfulness and humility. I'll tell you, pride uh, has taken uh, more people down than any other sin. It caused uh, Satan to fall. It caused great men and women to fall. Pride is is self-reliance. When we pray and we come to God in prayer asking, it increases thankfulness and it increases humility. Bible says pray about everything, big things and even the small things. Some of you are like, well, some things are too small to pray for. I love this quote from Archbishop William Temple when he famously said this, when I pray, coincidences happen. And when I stop praying, the coincidences stop happening. And some things you're like, well, is that a coincidence? That's a small prayer. Like, like, should you pray for the small things? Like, this is a famous argument. Should I pray for getting the right parking spot at the mall, at the restaurant? There's two camps on this. I don't pray for parking spots. My wife prays for every parking spot. And I'll be driving and she'll intercede, pray for me as I'm driving. Oh, Lord, we pray for a good, because she doesn't want to get her hair messed up or makeup messed up. I don't mind my makeup or my hair getting messed up. I'm wearing makeup today because I'm on camera. But I'm just, I feel like I'm healthy. I don't mind walking half a block, two miles to get a spot. But my wife prays about everything. And you know, what's amazing is when you pray for small things, it's amazing how you see coincidences. Maybe you believe in coincidences, but they're seeing, you're like, well, that would have happened without a prayer. That person would have backed up, but you would have got that spot. I don't know. All I'm saying is that when you pray about everything, uh, coincidences seem to happen. Uh, what's the purpose of small prayer? Some of you, it's praying for that, come on, that storm to miss us, or that neighbor with the snowblower to come by and bless your driveway. There are some small prayers. Some of you today, you're, you're dealing with some big prayers. Even this week, we've called you and visited some of you in our church that are really going through some big things. So many people are going through some huge things this week. I've learned this about small prayers, that small prayers lead to small moments of worship, which only heighten our awareness and our need for God. And when you pray about everything, it's another chance to come back to humility and asking and worship, going, God, I just need you to step in. It might be for that exam, it might be protection going to work, it might be to help with that parking spot, or it might be something much larger. But when we pray about everything, it's a chance to reconnect. Me and my wife, we work together, obviously, but we also have a text group with our family, and we'll just text each other all the time. And even just a text to our kids or to each other, it reminds us of our relationship. Small prayers bring us back to relationship with God. They're small moments of worship, reminding you how you're connected The Bible says pray about everything, large things, small things. So yes, pray for the small things. Pray for the big things and ask God for what you need. The Lord's Prayer emphasizes personal, practical requests. Some people think that it's so, the Lord's Prayer is so official and so big, you can only ask for things like prayers for nations and for governments and for healings for others. But it actually encourages us to pray personally. There's words in there like give us, forgive us, deliver us, lead us. It encourages us to pray and ask personally. Those of you watching this, you have praying parents or maybe you have praying grandparents or praying spouses. There's something about you going before God and asking for what you need. Personal prayer. As God's children, and we established even in week one that when he says our father It's identity that he's father, that makes us children. It's our primary privilege as children 
to ask and expect everything we need from God. My teenagers do not hesitate to ask us. They assume you're our parents. You brought us into this world. It wasn't our idea. We had nothing to do with this. It's your fault we're here. We can ask whatever we want. And they have no problem texting that when we're leaving this live stream, to us to bring home unhealthy food. They have no problem asking for what they want. A&W, McDonald's, pizza, come on, Little Caesars, hot and ready, somebody. Uh, they have no problem asking for what they want. Listen, as children, it's our, it's our identity, it's our privilege to be able to come before God and ask him for what we need. So let me ask you this. I, we, we get this question a lot. I've even thought this. Why do we have to ask? There's one part in scripture where it says he even knows what you need before you ask. And it's like, right, if God knows everything, he knows our thoughts, he knows our needs. Why do we have to ask? Have you ever thought that? Like if he knows it, why, why put us through the torment and the effort of actually asking? It's a good question. Why do we have to ask if God knows? I, I love on our team and in life, like when people see a need and meet it before you have to ask it, those people are just, aren't they breathtakingly valuable? We're like, hey, I noticed I noticed we're out of this, so I ordered some. I noticed that we need this around our house when people just all of a sudden notice that the dog has to go out because he's crossed his all four legs and he's sitting by the door. You don't have to ask them. Come on, Dylan back there is shaking his head because like he knows. When you can read the play and meet a need before it's expressed, like God, you know our thoughts. Why do we have to ask? Let me give you a couple of reasons why we have to ask. Jesus paints a picture. There's even a story in New Testament about this man named Blind Bartimaeus. He was sitting outside the gate of the city Jericho and he was blind, obviously blind and obviously needing. And as Jesus was passing by, he yelled out and said, Jesus, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus comes over looking at this obvious situation of a man begging and a man that's blind. And he says this question, which is fascinating. He says, what do you want me to do for you? I don't know about you in that moment. I'd be like, okay, you're, you're God. You're reading people's minds. You're prophesying. You're healing. You're, 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 you're wise. You know things. You're reading the minds of people that are talking and plotting against you and you're exposing them in public. How can you not see the guy that can't see you? How can you not see the obvious need in front of you? Jesus says, what do you want? I've realized this even when I and counseling and even training leaders that do not assume people want what you think they need. I've met with people. I'm like, so what, what, what do you want God to do for you? What do you want from me? And sometimes people don't want you to help them with their budget. They just want a quick $100 bill. Sometimes people don't want relationship help to repair their marriage. They just want you to tell them that they are right. And sometimes the best thing you can do is say, I might assume what you need, but I need you to tell me what you need. He says to Bartimaeus, what do you need? Because maybe Bartimaeus was going, if you could just, I, I saw you provide loaves and fishes and I've seen you do, if you could just provide somebody to come bring me food once a day at my house, I would need to come out here and beg. Maybe he's saying, I would love to have someone guide me around. If I could just have a friend, just a friend to guide me around, that would be so helpful. Jesus did not want to assume that Bartimaeus wanted healing. He may have wanted something else. Why do we ask? Number one, asking is relational. Asking is relational. Jesus is always more interested in friendship and personal connection than faceless blessings. 
There's another story of this woman who had been suffering from hemorrhaging, literally bleeding out for 12 years. And Jesus is on his way to heal this 12-year-old girl who is dying, ends up actually dying. He raised her from the dead. It's an amazing moment. He's going to reach this younger generation and this older woman in the middle of the crowd, she, she breaks through the crowd, pushes through and just touches his clothes, knowing if she could just get close enough, she had faith to believe he was good enough and powerful enough. She had gone to doctors and she was weak and you imagine just the weakness in her body from constantly bleeding for 12 years, over a decade. And it says she touched his, his clothes and she was healed. What did Jesus do in that moment? He stopped. And he goes, whoa, 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 someone, someone just got a miracle from me. Who was it? He had to see her face, know her name, and know her story. Why? Jesus is not interested in faceless blessings. He is always relational. Read, read the New Testament. He is always relational. And when we ask him, it is relational. When we come to, when my, I can, I can update my kids and make sure I have money in their account and I can make sure there's gas in the car and I can make sure they're, they're looked after. But when they come and say, Hey, I've been thinking about, can you drive me here? Can you pick me up here? Can we get, it forces communication and there's this relationship that they know their role. Is there a child and they are able to come and ask for anything and it reinforces. It also reinforces my heart as a dad going, I just love when you come and just talk to me and I love to know what's going on in your life. I know what you need. Asking is relational. Asking is also making yourself vulnerable. Asking is make yourself vulnerable. It extends trust towards the person being asked. It's like when you ask someone to marry you, that's a vulnerable place to be. When you ask, will you? May I never forget, Nancy, maiden name was Nancy Thorne and we I, we were hiking by this waterfall along the coast of the Atlantic in Torbay, Newfoundland. And I remember I had this ring in my pocket and this card. And on the way down to this picnic, I lost the card. And this card has all this amazing stuff in it. Of the two things to lose, I'm glad I lost the card, not the ring. But I forget getting on one knee and asking her to be my wife. That is a vulnerable place to be. Because that's not the time you want someone to pause. Right? Because the pause says more than the answer. If she was like, ah... <laughs> but no, no, baby girl was like, I can't wait. I'm excited. You know, she was like fireworks and no, but she was, she said, yes. When you ask someone to marry you, when you ask somebody something, it's vulnerable. When you make an appointment with your doctor and you say, Hey, I need you to examine a place of pain on my body. You're being very vulnerable. Some of those examinations are very vulnerable, but you're trusting somebody with your dignity with your, with your privacy, but also your pain. And you're trusting them, being vulnerable, going, you're going to help me deal with this. You're going to send me for this referral. You're going to prescribe me this medication. You're going to help me. When you ask, it's actually making yourself very, very vulnerable. Asking is an expression of trust. It's a faith. It's a way of opening our hearts to believe we will receive from the other person. When we ask in prayer, it's making yourself vulnerable. Some of you put up such a strong front. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. If we, if we judge your life based on your social media, you're good. Everything's amazing all the time. In prayer, we get to be vulnerable. We don't need to be professional. We don't need to be a leader. We don't need to be, have it all together. And you're vulnerable. And it builds trust and faith going, I believe I can show you my worst. And I believe that you have my best in mind. Asking is also intentional. It's intentional. It involves the activation of our wills. It's very intentional prayer. 
You just don't happen to pray. It doesn't just automatically, it's very intentional. We're not mindless robots just following commands here. God respects our will way too much to override it. And he only comes to where he's welcomed. That's why later on he says, pray for, he says, when you pray, say your will be done on earth as is in heaven because God very seldom gets his will. That's why we, he values our free will. The greatest gift he gave us is free will. And what we do with that becomes what we're enslaved with. You have the freedom to walk out of that commitment. You have the freedom to sleep in and not go to work. You have the freedom to press in to the relationship with Jesus. You have the freedom to wreck your life or to build your life. You have all the freedom in the world, but then we are slaves to our choices for the rest of our lives. Jesus and God respects our freedom and respects our will. And when we pray, it's intentionally going, no, 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 I need you to intervene. I want your will. I need your help. We're not just mindless robots. And people say, oh man, you're just going, you're just a part of something. You're just mindless. You just, no, 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 no. We're intentionally, intentionally going, God, I need your help. He will not override your will. Some of you are looking for God to override your choices. He will not. He will not. He will not go where he's not invited. He's not just a cure-all going, God, just fix. Listen, some of you, it took you decades to get into the mess you're in. Give God at least a few months to help get you out. And our will and our choices, listen, he gives us will. What we do with it, today as for me and my house, we will choose to serve the Lord. And even today, I see it, even by your, you tuning in here, you're going, there's a part of you going, I, I want God. I want, I want his best. Prayer is intentional. When we pray, Jesus said, when we ask, he also said, ask in the name of Jesus. Now this isn't, this isn't just a magical word. He says, ask anything for me, ask, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. It's not a magic formula. It's not just by adding a name of Jesus to anything you want, guarantees you'll get it. It's not some magic word. To pray the name of Jesus means you're asking things that are consistent with his character and aligned with his purposes. You just don't say Jesus' name. I want that, I want that car. I want that relationship. I want that person to be my spouse. I want that job. I want that influence. I want to be verified on that social media. Adding Jesus to it doesn't just make it happen. It's not just a, a magic formula. It's when we pray in Jesus' name, we're aligning it to his character and his purposes. Too many people are asking for things that are against the character of Jesus, but they add his name to it. Oh, wow. And we call that using his name in vain. We, I, I always thought using his name in vain is when you stub your finger or your toe and you say use Jesus' name as a swear word. It's that. But it's also using his name in a place it was never meant to be used. Somewhere he didn't give you authority and it doesn't line up with his character. A couple years ago, there was, uh, there was um, some, some, some people in our city that were trying to put together a church-like event. You tuned in today. It's going to be a good story. It's going to be good. Usually, this would be the kind of thing I would say, shut the cameras off, let me share this story, but I'm going to share it anyway, because it's the 93rd day of January, why not? And this, these people were planning this church-like event in the city, and they sent me an email with a promotional poster telling me everybody that signed on to be involved with it. And there was one of my best friends, a pastor in the city, and his name and his church was on it. And I thought, I don't know this guy, I've only heard some weird things about this event, this group, but I know that guy's my friend, if he's going... I think we should consider it. So I called my buddy and said, hey, this event, tell me about it. He goes, what are you talking about? I'm like, this event. I sent him the poster. I'm like, your name's on it, your church's name on it. If, if you guys are going, maybe we need to consider it. He goes, that guy called me, that group called me. And I said, I don't want anything to do with it. 
He's like, he's using my name to get other people to sign up. And I said, I said, he's using your name in vain. You know what? So many times we do that. We put Jesus' name on things. We put Jesus' name on signs and placards and posts that he has nothing to do with, nothing to do with his name. Too many selfies showing way too much cleavage and skin, but going, God is good and I am blessed. Jesus has nothing to do with your selfie, (laughs) ma'am. I'm just telling you right now. We put Jesus' name on things, on movements and on actions and on wants that he has nothing to do with. Doesn't line up with his character. Doesn't line up with his purpose. And we use his name in vain. We have churches that promote uh, um, being blessed and prosperity gospel and name it and claim it. And you can have the best life, live in the best car and have the most money. And Jesus, that does not line up with the purposes of God. I believe in the prosperity gospel, and this is what I believe, that you're prosper in your spirit, yes. prosper in your emotions, prosper in your body. You know what's interesting? He, he says pray for your daily bread. He doesn't pray for your retirement. He doesn't pray for down the road. He's talking about what you need. I believe that you can be blessed. I believe in success, and I believe in, uh, I believe in doing well for yourselves. But I want to let you know, sometimes we put Jesus' name on things that were never a part of his purpose or his character. And we use his name in vain. I want to let you know today, when we invoke the name of Jesus, we're lining up with his character. We pray in the name of Jesus. When you pray for healing, you're praying in the name of Jesus. When you're praying for relationships to be restored, you're praying in the name of Jesus. When you're praying for God to help you mentally, physically, financially, relationally, you're praying in the name of Jesus. Jesus wants you doing well. I pray that it is well with you today. When we pray, we also ask in faith. We ask in faith. Our faith, this is a word, a church word that's thrown around a lot. Our faith is not in faith. So many times we evaluate, we wrongly evaluate faith. We compare how much faith someone has. We think if someone talks with a Southern accent, they have more faith than someone who doesn't. You know, if preachers put an ah on the end of their sentences, they have more faith than the preacher that doesn't. Because they believe ah, that God ah, is in the house. Ah. Come on, we just think that's going to be more faith in that church. When they put faith on the title of their church, they must be a faith, church full of faith. And we evaluate people's faith. Well, they've been around for a while. They got more faith than I have. Man, they, 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 they put so many years into this. They give more money. They put more time in. They must have more faith. They have a higher position in the church. They have reverend, doctor, elder, uh, deacon. They have worship leader, preacher next to their name. They must have be people of faith. And we wrongly evaluate faith. Our faith is not based on faith. Our faith is in Jesus. There's a world of difference in that statement. And sometimes we compare faith. Well, how much is your faith? You just have a little bit of faith. I think that person has a lot of faith, so I'm going to go to that person because I think they got more faith to get my prayers answered. Our faith is not in faith. Our faith is in Jesus, who he is and what he values and what he's promised. And that's why the more you know Jesus, the more you will know what he wants to do. You'll know what he's capable of. you know what he values and your faith naturally increases. That's why starting this week, we're starting a 28 day going through the New Testament. Is that just because we want to say, we, we're reading the Bible, we're cool, we're amazing, we're hardcore, like we can't stop, won't stop, we're that church. No, 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 no. We're reading the New Testament because we realize the more we read about Jesus, the more we hear what he says, what, what he values, who he went after, who he rebuked, who he convicted, who he embraced, it starts to build faith that we know who Jesus is, what he wants, and what he values. And when you go in prayer, you have faith going, if he prayed a woman that was bleeding for 12 years, if he healed her, if he 
raised a young girl from the dead, if he forgave that sinner, if he reached that person, if he did it for them, he will do it for me and he'll do it for you. Your faith increases when you know Jesus. Our faith is not in faith. Our, our faith is in Jesus. The more you know Jesus, the more your faith increases. Church, would you sign up for our 28 days of, prayer, uh, of reading the Bible? Starting, I think it's starting tomorrow. Isn't it, Matt? Tuesday, starting the 1st on Tuesday. The link is on Facebook is right in the chat. They'll be putting it in. You can find it on our website, find it on all, all our social media. Why? You want to grow your faith? There's people that need you to be full of faith. And you can't get faith just by hoping for faith. Our faith is in Jesus. You want to grow your faith? Know Jesus. The more you know Jesus, the more faith. Listen, your kids need it. Your spouse needs it. Your church needs it. Your neighbor needs it. Your life needs it. Our city needs some people that know Jesus and know what he's capable of and know what he's willing to do and go boldly and asking in faith. Second type of prayer, first type is, is petition. The second type is intercession. Intercession, which is asking God on behalf of others, asking God for others. Intercession prayer. In its truest and most purest way, intercession is what it's like to be a follower of Jesus. It's to put others ahead of ourselves. God so loved the world, he gave. Jesus came not to, not, to, not, to, not to lead, not to be served, but to serve. Everything about this kingdom, everything about the gospel, everything about Christianity is about serving. Intercession in its purest form is the most closest to the heart of God of putting others first. When we intercede, we're praying for others. That's why the Lord's Prayer, Jesus doesn't just instruct us to pray personally for daily bread. He also prays for God's kingdom to come on earth because he knows if God's kingdom come, it's going to help everybody. Intercession is outwardly focused. Intercession is standing in the middle between heaven and earth, between the need and the God that can meet it. Intercession is putting yourself right in the middle going, there's a need that needs, that needs fixed and there's a God that's able. Let me stand in the middle and join the two. That's where we get the term standing in the gap. There's a gap between what's needed and what's, uh, what's available. And we put ourselves in the middle going, they don't know you. Maybe they don't, they don't cry out to you. But God, they need a miracle in their life. And they may not be praying, or maybe they are. But I'm stepping in because I know who you are. I know what you're capable of. And I'm putting myself in here today. And I'm praying for that marriage. I'm praying for that child. I'm praying for that moment. I'm praying for that country. I'm praying for that leader. I'm praying for that church. God, I know what you can do. And I've seen you do it. And they need you to step in. Not because they're good, but because you're God. And we call that intercession. Standing in the middle. There's this story in the Old Testament that, that paints this so well. One of my favorite stories. This plague was breaking out and people were dying by the thousands. And this plague was, was rushing over this crowd of people. And, and Aaron and Moses stood there. And it says that Aaron, with such compassion for the people, he ran to stand and intercede and pray for these people. And it says that where he stood in the crowd, the death stopped that when he ran, the death would not go over him. And where he stood, people started to live. He literally stood between the living and the dead. That is intercession. We don't need another Facebook post with opinion. We need somebody to get on their knees in their place and their time that no God, nobody's capable of and go, God, I reach out for our nation today. 
I reach out for our province. I reach out for that child and that woman and that man. I reach out for my kids. I reach out for my grandkids. I reach out for our church. And where we stand or where we kneel in intercession, the death stops. A couple years ago, I got a call from a pastor in the city. He said, Mike, do you know when he mentioned this woman's name? Do you know her? I said, I don't know that name. He said, she's an older saint in our church and she just passed away. This was about 10 years ago. He said, she, she's in her 80s or 90s. She just passed away. He said, in the back of her Bible, your, your name's in her Bible. I said, really? He said, yeah. He sent me a picture of it. In the back of her Bible was a whole bunch of names that she prayed for every day. Back there it said, pray for the Miller family. Pray for Hilda Miller and Gary Miller. Pray for a girl age seven and a boy age two and a baby that's just born. And then in a different ink, it had the names written in Michael next to the two-year-old little boy. I said, I, I've never met this woman. I, I, I called my mom. I said, Mom, do you know this name? She goes, oh, I know that name. She said, she was at the very first church we ever went to. If you know my story, my, my parents had led a breathtaking life of spiritual faith, but their moment with Jesus, my father was an alcoholic and my mother was suicidal and we were, we were in a dark place and, and God stepped in through a neighbor who knocked on the door and invited my sister to church. Anyway, my family went and they met Jesus and got gloriously saved. I mean, a miracle happened and we started going to this church and there was a woman at this church, an intercessor, who prayed for others. And when people got saved and came to church, she'd write their name down. And she'd pray for them by name. I said to this leader, I said, that's an old prayer list. He was, no, no, it was a daily prayer list because it was current because the names at the bottom of the list she had just met weeks before. She prayed for that list every single day since you were two. And I couldn't help but think about how much living I had done at that point in 30-something years since my name was put on that list. I thought, she has no idea. I had no idea what my life was going through. She prayed for me in my childhood years and my parents navigating finances and when you got more mortgage than you have money. Come on, somebody. How many fevers our, my siblings and myself had had? How many close calls and car accidents and near misses and navigating my teenage years and my choices and figuring out if I wanted to follow Jesus or not, navigating rebellious years and non-rebellious years and moments with God and moments on my own and then navigating my 20s and finding the spouse and my career and my passions and my siblings and their passions and my parents and their struggles and wins. And to this point where I found this out, here I am pastoring and married with two kids of my own. I thought, she prayed me through the biggest gaps in my life and I didn't even know she was doing it. But heaven was moved. I, I thought, well, it's just my good choices. It's, just, it's my wisdom. It's my connections. It's my ability and no, no, there was someone standing where she stood, the death stopped. And my life is the product of people like this woman who said, I can't maybe lead a song, I may not preach a sermon, but I, no one can stop me from going before my God and asking for others and praying for people that need it most. What if she hadn't prayed? Would my family have not made it past the first few years of a church where they've got offended maybe? 
where they maybe just drifted off because things weren't easy. I don't know what she prayed us through, but I, I know that when she prayed, the death stopped. And there are misses in, I'll only know in heaven of what things missed my life and things were stopped because that woman stood in intercession for us. There's power in praying for others, with others. Worship team, come on back. You're going to lead us in a song as we close today. Matthew 18, verse 19 and 20. Truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask, it'll be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Praying together is powerful. We ask for ourselves, we petition God, we intercede, we ask for others, we pray in the name of Jesus, we pray with faith, but there's something about praying together. One of the keys to successful asking in prayer, according to Jesus, is agreeing with other people. That's why you matter on this live stream right now. That's why we love to see you jump in the chat, because when we get connected and we start praying for each other, the Bible says that it's another level of power when we gather together agreeing. That's why we say amen, or it means actually means so be it, or let it be. It's a way of expressing our agreement. When someone says, hey, I need prayer for this, yeah, yeah, amen. When I pray online, when we pray together, and we say amen, amen, amen. Say, no, no, I'm gathered. I might be one, but so are you. You're one, and you're one, and I'm one, and together, the Bible says that he hears us when we gather together. That's why prayer meetings and prayer rooms are so important. If everyone just prays on their own privately, it's not the same thing as there's a unique power of united intercession of God's people for others. We're going to sing this in a moment. Tonight we're going to be gathering for a live stream prayer. It's going to be intercession. We're going to pray for you. We've had over probably close to 100 requests come in. We're going to pray for as many as we can tonight. We're going to pray live tonight. Pray for you. But would you show up and would you pray for others? You might not need a physical healing tonight, but someone does. Would you pray for them? You might not need a miracle with immigration, but someone else does. Would you intercede? Would you stand in the gap for them? You, your kids might not be young. Maybe you don't have teenagers that are navigating their own faith and their own will and their own desires. But would you stand in the gap for someone else's teenager tonight? Tonight, we're going to pray. But today, right now, we're just going to worship. And as we close this part before I end, end us in prayer, would you just pause? Would you just hallow his name? And would you just ask God for what you need? as we worship. Come on, team.
kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. What we need today. We can go to him and ask in prayer for ourselves. Pray about everything and everything. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. And we can ask for others. Tonight, would you join us? 7 p.m. right here as we pray for you and would you help us pray for others and believe that the God that we know that is able and willing would step in and do a miracle for those that need it in our city, in our church, in our nation. Let me bless you today. Father, I bless our church with your presence today. I bless them with an active faith. I bless them with an active relationship. Not numb, not disconnected, not just religion. I pray for an act of faith. God, would you be close today as they pray for their lunch and their supper, as they pray for parking spots, as they pray for healings and marriages, they pray for their teenagers and themselves and their jobs and their finances. They pray for our nation and our province as they pray. God, would you show up as only you can because you are good and you are God. Father, I bless them with act of faith today. Thank you that you hear us. Thank you that you welcome us. And thank you, Father. We pray your will be done. In the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody types in, amen. Amen. We love you so much. Would you join us tonight at 7? Would you be active in the chat? Would you submit your requests even now online? And would you say amen tonight as we believe for God to step in between the living and the dead and see God move? We love you so much. Have an amazing week. And we'll see you tonight.